You're listening to the Saturday Morning with Jack Tame podcast from Newstalk ZB. Chris Fletcher reckons he has one of the best jobs in the world. He's one of only a handful of people to hold the title of Master Distiller at Jack Daniels in its 155-year history. Chris took over the reins in 2020, and he's responsible for the whiskey's overall quality from grain to glass. Chris also just so happens to have carried on a family tradition, following in the footsteps of his grandfather, who was also a master distiller for Jack Daniels. I was lucky enough to catch up with Chris when he was in New Zealand recently, and I started by saying, kia ora, good morning. Good morning, how you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks. Welcome to New Zealand. Thank you. Is this your first time in New Zealand? It is, first yeah. time. It's been a, just a fantastic trip so and, far. And dare I ask, how does it compare to Tennessee? Well, the weather's a little different right now, <laughs> but that's to be expected. Um, but, you know, I think I found that, you know, we've got as many friends and I, w- I would almost say family of Jack Daniels here in New Zealand that we do in Tennessee, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that doesn't come as any sort of surprise whatsoever. What does a master distiller actually do? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, ultimately I would call it a quality control job. Right. You know, today it's kind of evolved over the years, though, where, you know, now I'm able to travel a little bit. I don't I do not do a lot of travel, um, but, you know, about 40 or 50 days a year. Most of my focus, though, is on the, the consistency of our whiskey. Right. Um, and our quality control department and team, um, you know, they're fantastic. And, um, you know, we go to, to work every day trying to make the best whiskey in the world. And yeah. that's, that's what we'll keep trying to do. So, so what does ensuring the consistency actually involve do you does that mean just tasting it or does that mean going through every little part of the process yeah so we've got people in every little part of the process exactly from the incoming grains you know Mm. corn rye barley you know we're mashing that fermenting that you know with our yeast you have people you know in charge of that distillation and then you know charcoal mellowing for us is that new make spirit filters through hard maple charcoal then it goes into a barrel to age and so we have people at every single part of the process on our team in quality control and i'm master distiller and director of quality control Mm. Um, and so we've got experts in each part of that process to make sure that we're getting what we need how does the charcoal bit work do you just have a like basically just a big drum of charcoal and and you you pour the whiskey through that and then get it down the other side? Yeah, it's kind of like that, but it takes a little longer, a little more sophisticated. Um, yeah, maybe. so it's three meters. So right. those drums are you know they're big, large wooden tanks. Yeah, uh, big vats, and they're filled with ground charcoal packed very tight. So the process takes a whole day for the whiskey. Right. It drips through very slowly. Um, less than a gallon a minute, I would say, in in liters, you know, probably you know a little over a liter. A minute right um, and so it goes very slow drip wise and it takes 24 hours for it to get through that charcoal and so it's really a filtration right so charcoal it filters things even like water yep. you can filter with charcoal and so it, what it does you know our, our recipe for the Tennessee whiskey is 80% corn so you would imagine that a bottle of Jack Daniels would taste a lot like corn yeah but it doesn't and that's because of the charcoal so that's what it filters out a lot of the heavy oils from the corn and it allows that really nice sweet fruity top note of Jack Daniels to start popping through right so how does someone become the master distiller for Jack Daniels? <laughs> a lot of practice, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up at the distillery, and my grandfather was also a distiller. Yeah. Um, so I did grow up around it, but, you know, I really didn't understand. You know, my grandfather retired when I was eight years old, so I didn't really know, obviously, what even whiskey was at that time. Um, but when I went away to college, I was studying chemistry and got a summer job back at the distillery one, one year. And that's when I started to think that maybe I could do this. And so, um, you know, 20 years later, 22 years later, actually, 
uh, here we are. It, but is it is it like being a sommelier or something for, for for you know with wine, or is it like being is it like coffee? Is is it comparable to those things, or is it like beer in that you you have to have a a really refined palate as well as all of the understandings of the chemical processes that actually go into the production? I, I, you know, I, I think it's less tasting than people think. I mean, mm. it's part of it. Um, but I think it's just practice, right, and, and kind of developing what to look for, what should or should not be there. Um, and really, most of our focus is on that new make spirit going into the barrel. Right. Right. we got to get that right because the barrel is just going to make it better. Right. right? So, it's, so think of it like this. It's really hard to take bad whiskey, put it into a barrel, and ask that barrel to make it good. But if you start with good whiskey going in, that barrel mm. is just going to make it better. It's just a matter of time. Some may take longer than others, but eventually it's going to get there. So it's not it's not at all sitting around tasting barrels, right? right? It's more about the process and looking at things, you know, prior to the barrel. Okay, so 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 what are the dynamics that can change the quality of the product before it reaches the barrel stage? Yeah, well, you know, you think about it, it's just um, corn, rye, and barley, mm. and so. It's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple. But if you have a if you had a bad year for barley or corn or something in the drought and you know farmers are having a hard time and the crop changes, well they harvest that in the US, you know, in August, September, you know, mm. maybe October a little farther south. That's got to last until the next yeah. August, right? So you're stuck with that year's crop and you know there can be some variation there. Mother nature is not always the same year in and year out. Yeah. Um so there's one part of the process, you know, once it gets into the distillery, you know, we have a great team and you know very rarely do they make mistakes, but sometimes, you know, things can happen. Um so you never know there as well, yeah. you know. And so if you think about that, how agricultural of a product there is. There's no artificial colors added or flavors. Mm. The only thing that adds flavor to our whiskey is are the grains, the yeast that ferments those grains, and the wood of the barrel. That's it. Nothing else adds flavor. So, so, so depending on the conditions and depending on the year, does the taste of the corn itself vary? It, it, it could slightly, right? right? Um, you're going to see things change um you know, probably well before you're going to see something that's going to affect flavor. Right. Um, you, you, you'll see, you know, starch content change, moisture content change. Right. Um, and, you know, and that's all things that, you know, we contract with our, our companies that we're getting the grain from. Yeah. And we try to get ahead of that, right? And then we can make tweaks to the process, um, you know, tweaks with fermentation. To account for those. Yeah, to account yeah, for right. kind of that normal variation of raw material. Yeah, see, it's sure. very scientific, right? Like, it, it's, it's interesting given how simple the ingredients are we, mm -hmm. when you start, how complex the actual overall process is That's if right. you're to get a consistent blend. That's right. Yeah. Can you add your own flair? Can you do, <laughs> can you mix things up at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, innovation is, is um, you know, part of what I do, and that's a lot of fun. We've got a great distillery and a great team. So, mm. you know, thinking of what we can do to kind of showcase that a bit and then also be, you know, very true to our roots at Jack Daniels and making a product that I think my grandfather would be proud of or Mr. Jack would be proud of. Mm. Um, so that's a really fun part of the job. Um, and, you know, we've got some things going. We're just releasing our bonded Tennessee whiskey mm. here, um, which is a bottled and bond uh, Tennessee whiskey, which w means it's 50%. What does that mean? Yeah, right. 50% ABV, so it's a little stronger. Um, and it, it's, you know, from Jack Daniels, of course, but that's not always the case in American whiskey. There's hundreds of brands, but only a handful of distilleries. So to be bottled and bond, you have to disclose exactly where the whiskey is distilled and bottled. Right. Um, and so that's not necessarily open information in the world of whiskey. Right. Um, even though we always kind of hang our hats on that at Jack Daniels. I think everybody knows there's only one distillery in the world for Jack Daniels, right, right. in Tennessee. Um, but it's kind of doubling down on that transparency of process. Um, 
It can only be distilled within one distilling season, um, which is a six-month window. Um, there's a spring and a fall. Spring is January through June, mm. and fall is July through December for us. And so you can't mix different ages of barrels together, right? Your blend has to be constrained to an only right. six-month window of production. Um, it has to be aged in a federally bonded barrel house, which means the bond means you're going to pay tax on that yeah. whiskey, right? And so I know that's not a very <laughs> sexy thing to think about, but it's a very important thing to think yeah, about. Yeah. Right? you got to pay your taxes. Um, so whiskey barrels are not taxed. The whiskey is taxed when it's removed from the barrel. So hence, the barrel house is bonded, uh-huh. a guarantee to pay tax when we remove the whiskey from uh-huh. the barrel. And then yeah. lastly, it must be at least four years old, um, which pretty much all of our whiskeys are between four and seven years old, sometimes mm. even much longer. Mm. This is an embarrassing question. I hope I'm not the first person to ask it. I suspect I'm not. What is the difference between whiskey and bourbon? Nothing. Ah. Oh. Bourbon is whiskey. It's just branding? No, there are types of whiskey. Whiskey uh, is the classification. Right. Bourbon is a type of that classification. Ah, okay. Just like when you say scotch. Yeah, right. Is is scotch whiskey? Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. So, same thing. Bourbon is whiskey. Uh, scotch okay, is whiskey. right. So, yeah. so whiskey's the broader category. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Whiskey <laughs> is the classification. And then within that classification, you've got bourbon whiskey, Tennessee whiskey, mm. scotch whiskey, right? Also mm. on, so on. Japanese whiskey. And so... What it comes down to, um, process-wise, Tennessee whiskey, which Jack Daniels identifies as, mm. is bourbon. Right? right, we meet all the bourbon criteria, right, with the additional requirements of it can only be made in the state of Tennessee. Bourbon can be made in all fifty states. Ah, okay? Bur- right. Bourbon is a spirit of the United States. Yeah. Tennessee whiskey is a spirit of only the state of Tennessee, and it must be bourbon. Right. And it has to go through that charcoal <laughs> mellowing process before. It's it goes like a through. champagne situation. Yeah, a little bit. You kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The American vision. Yeah. Some, some geographical requirements there, yeah. um, you yeah. know, with a little process thrown in. Hey, you mentioned your granddad. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you tell us a bit more about that, that relationship? Because, in essence, you are following in, in his footsteps. Well, yeah, it's, it's a really special thing. You know, I've got his old office there at the distillery that, oh. that I go to every day. Um, it's my mom's dad. Yeah. Um, you know, he started working at the distillery in 1957. Wow. We were a very tiny, tiny brand. Yeah. And so, in fact, we didn't export a single bottle of, of Jack Daniels outside the U.S. until the 80s, until the, wow. the mid-1980s. Yeah. Um, so you think about how much we've grown, you know, and that yeah. during during his career and, and then since. But, um, you know, he I was around the distillery as a kid with him. A lot of times on Sunday afternoons, he would take me with him. And, mm. um, but he retired when I was eight. And, uh, and so with him retiring fairly young, you know, you know, he was around and, you know, I spent a lot of time with him, you know, as a kid in the summers and things and uh, because he was he wasn't working. And um, it was um, I guess he probably had more influence on my life than I realized at the time. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't really think about making whiskey as, you know, as a young person at all. You know, Lynchburg's a very small town. The city's only about 600 people. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> most 18 year olds think they're going to move away to a yeah, big city. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, yeah, I probably thought the same thing. And, you know, it wasn't until I kind of got a summer job at the distillery back in 2001 mm. that I started to understand that how much science was behind it. And, you know, I was studying chemistry in school and had my grandfather to ask a lot of questions to. And yeah. he was a, just a wealth of knowledge, just, you know, in my, in my memory, of course, always the ultimate distillery, if you think about what they did back during his career, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Sort of feels like destiny, right? 
I guess so. From, you know? I, from our perspective, it feels like destiny anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess once I got started, you know, just kind of one thing led to another yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, it's a great pleasure to have you in New Zealand. Thanks for sharing your time with us. I feel like I've learned a lot in the, in the last few minutes and um, all the very best. Thank you so much. It's great to be in New Zealand. Can't wait to get back. For more from Saturday Morning with Jack Tame, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9 a.m. Saturday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.